What is up? Brett McGrath. I do marketing things at The Juice, and I host this podcast called Modern Day Marketer. Thank you for being here. Hopefully, you're off to a good start this week. A lot of us are having to answer the question like, what is the ROI from our content marketing program? Some of us might feel like we're on the under the gun a little bit when it comes to justifying our work. We've been thinking a lot about the ROI questions and tying content back to pipeline. And what I wanted to do was bring Jonathan back on the podcast to talk about how we're thinking about it and some things that are going on internally here at The Juice. If you like what we're doing over here, follow, subscribe, all the buttons have yet subscribed to the newsletter that is a companion piece to this podcast. Modern Day Marketer, the newsletter, goes out every Friday. You can find the link in the show notes. Without further ado, let's kick into the conversation. Welcome back. How are you all? I'm excited for a conversation here with Jonathan. We've been having a lot of chats internally. It's interesting. We have a small team, but a majority of our team is customer facing. And so I ta- I get to talk to a lot of uh, marketers who come on the podcast. Cat um, on our team, um, you know, manages our customers and has those conversations. And Kate is having conversations with people who are about to be customers. And then Jonathan, he's kind of in the mix everywhere talking with everyone. So I think today, like a lot what I wanted to do was talk about just a lot of what we're hearing from the market. And I think uh, most specifically a conversation about just like the state of marketing, especially during a time where um, resources appear to be kind of few and far between, or there's not a lot of additions being made to marketing teams. So we're going to get into that. A lot to unpack. I know I've got a lot on my list, Jonathan, that I want to chat with you about, but How are you doing? Um, We're about to enter a new quarter here. I know we're all getting together as a team here in a couple of weeks, but uh, how are you feeling? Feeling good. It is our end of quarter, end of year, which brings, you know, a slight amount of pressure, but I think it's the right amount of pressure. And it's something that uh, whether or not it's healthy, uh, I enjoy uh, to a degree. And so uh, we're working on some big things here, end of year, end of quarter trying to rally and then gather the team up as quickly as we can and start uh, working on our goals for next year. So it's an exciting time, uh, which is good because uh, there's not much else to do uh, with the weather and the winter here in Indy, but excited with some of the momentum we have. Uh, and I'm sure that'll kind of weave its way into some of the conversation we have today. So I'm looking forward to it. Maybe a good place to start is like personal use case. I think people tune in and listen to this show because uh, we kind of give a behind the scenes look at just what's happening, good or bad. And I I think we're going to be talking about just like marketers and marketers maybe being on the hot seat a little bit. But before we get there, I think, you know, we as a business, it, see, it seems like there's been a, I was having a conversation actually in my one-on-one with Kate about this yesterday, where it's like, there was a period of time, it felt like, you know, three or four months ago, where it felt like things were really dire. And, you know, we couldn't get anyone's attention. We couldn't, you know, close any sales deals. People were just not picking up and we were like, what are what are we doing wrong? Because we were coming off of a quarter that was highly productive. And what we would hear from the market was that it wasn't exclusive to us. This was happening everywhere. Fast forward to our current quarter. And I woke up this morning and I looked at Slack. It, there was just 
positive like there's positive updates. Most of these updates are around new customers uh, coming through, people who are interested in learning more about us. And so it seems like we went from this doom and gloom perspective to this this quarter where there's a lot of interest in what we're doing, which is exciting for us. So I think as we talk about like investing in marketing and justifying marketing spend and stuff, um, I think we sell to marketers um, and it seems like things are getting moving back in the direction where we're having productive conversations sooner than maybe I expected based on the, that like kind of night and day uh, of the tale of two quarters, if you will. Um, how would you kind of frame it up or like, what are your overall thoughts with just the current market market uh, marketer specifically? Yeah, I think uh, Q3, as I talk to other people, other founders, leaders, uh, marketers. Sounds like Q3 was tough for everybody. I think the majority of that was uh, macro impacts on our business. I, I also think there's some, and this is a very personal opinion, but I think there's almost like a, um, a, a I, I don't know the right like bias I'm looking for, but we almost spoke it into existence as an industry. It feels like, like everyone was talking about how doom and gloom it was. And so, so it's like, you look around and it's like, well, I can't spend money because everything's awful. Right. And again, that's maybe a little bit of a personal uh, leaning of just, I we've talked about on the podcast. I'm a big believer and it's, it's an actually an opportunistic time, but I, I do think that kind of Q3 timeline of last year was tough for a lot of people. It's still tough for a lot of people. But then it felt like once we kind of got through that really rough stretch, then it was like, okay, I think everyone adjusted and said, okay, we maybe maybe we don't have as much budget as we had last year. Maybe we don't have as many you know human resources as we had last year. But now we do need to figure out how to get out of this. And people started acting again, which was good. So I think a lot of it was macro, but I also want to give credit to the team. And we certainly deserve some of the blame for Q3 as well. But I think the team uh, really quickly, based on all the conversations we were having with customers, prospects, we were able to get in a room really quickly and make some changes very quickly. And that's the advantage of being the size that we are is we're very nimble, very agile and can change quickly. And uh, we made some of the right changes. We've certainly made some of the wrong changes as well. But um, I think the team deserves a lot of the credit uh, in addition to some of the macro environment that's uh, happened here in the last quarter. So I think maybe um, some marketers out there who have not kind of seen the um, tur- quicker turnaround that we experience might be uh, feeling some pressure. I know I have had a lot of conversations with um, individuals who have maybe saw the writing on the wall and decided to leave company and go look for another opportunity. Marketers currently in their roles are maybe getting some questions and uh, breathing down the neck, if you will, that they hadn't gotten based on the environment. So we're like having to justify our work in new ways um, than that we more than we ever had before. Um, I don't know, like you, you're a former marketer. I'll still consider you a marketer. Um, I know you're data, more of a data-driven marketer, which data always helps support kind of what we do. But like, what is your take on that? It just seems like marketing's an easy way, to, an easy place to go to cut because it's really hard to justify kind of some of the outcomes or with the leading or lagging indicators that go along with it. 
Yeah, I appreciate you still thinking I'm a marketer. I feel like there needs to be a BMV where I go and like renew my marketing license or something every uh, every year. But yeah, I think the at the 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 highest level as it pertains to marketing with maybe a capital M uh, in air quotes, which I know doesn't come across uh, in podcasting environment, but as it pertains to marketing and I think content marketing then specifically, the question is always, is this a, a brand marketing initiative that maybe we don't care to measure as much and we we have trust that it'll work out for us? Or is this a demand generation and it is more conversion focused, more um, measurable? And are those different things? Should they be different things? And I think you know, when the economy is good, when your budgets are good, it's it's easy to place some bets on brand. And I think you recorded with Lindsay from Blast Media, and this is her and I had a conversation as well. And I'm really excited to listen to that podcast you two had. But I think like like I said earlier, now is a chance to be opportunistic with brand. I, I think that's my personal opinion. But a lot of businesses, uh, I would say, don't share that opinion and actually want to put everything into a ROI equation, right? And there's good and bad to that. But I think the the unfortunate thing for the humans in a lot of these roles is that that's not their expertise. That's not their background. That's not what they've been doing to this point. And now all of a sudden this pressure is being applied to them and they need support, honestly. I, it's unfair pressure, to be very honest, but it's the reality of a lot of these roles now are uh, the role itself, as well as the tactics of that role are now being put under much more ROI scrutiny than they have in the past. So I'm going to speak specifically to a certain segment of the mark of marketers, which I think, although isn't enterprise working on, with you know, all support systems, several different functions, but more just like the marketer who's on a very small team who, you know, runs runs their own reports and justifies their spend and don't go through a bunch of different avenues to do so. I, I find and I hear that uh, marketers who've kind of fallen into that category are maybe having to do more justification, more reporting, more, you know, managing up what they're doing in their activity than they ever have done before. And I talk a lot about just like attribution intoxication and just getting lost where you like log on in your day and all of a sudden you spend your whole day in reports and in data and in stuff. And it's like, well, what did you do? Like, did you ship anything? Did you do anything to move your brand forward? Did you, you know, help, you know, add to your audience? And we can get stuck in this mode where we're just in spreadsheets and just trying to justify our work as opposed to going out and creating campaigns, doing content and a bunch of other things. So I guess in those two worlds, when pressure's on, like what, what do you think the balance is between that? Like if you don't have like marketing ops who can go pull a report for you, um, but you're getting pressure, like what's the balance do you think just in order to kind of maintain your um, sanity and justify your work and also like produce outcomes for your business, for the business? I hope this isn't obvious advice um, and sufficiently answers your question, but tie yourself to the sales team. The closer you are to your sales team and your sales colleagues, I think the more valuable you can make yourself. Um, I, I And I think that goes for marketers. I think that goes for everybody in an organization. I think the closer you are to revenue, uh, the more fortified your role and your tactics are. And I think especially for marketing where you know, there's a stereotypical rift between sales and marketing, or maybe they don't work as closely, or maybe they, you know, sales upset with marketing, marketing's upset with sales. But I think uh, sales and marketing should also work together. And I think most times they do. Uh, so maybe that's not a fair stereotype, but I think 
the better you can build that relationship and the stronger that relationship can be. And the more directly you can help the sales team members, uh, the better off you and your marketing resources will be. So again, I, I hope that's not obvious advice, but I think uh, the, the, the closer you can be aligned to those sales targets and supporting those sales targets, the better off you'll be. Let's talk about that point from a content perspective, because I think, you know, if you think about traditionally content market or producing content, it is to drive people to the website, to get noticed, to help educate, inspire, all of those, those things that represent marketing. But now it seems like content is being tied more to revenue more now than ever before. And I think there's a disconnect because I think content marketers or those that are creating have not been put in that spot where they're getting asked the question, like, what's the ROI of the work you're doing? And so people are like, marketers are scrambling and then execs and leadership is saying like, do like we need to scale this back because we there's no like report that tells me like these five pieces of content like moved and created this much pipeline. And so it is this weird dynamic that I'm seeing in the market where as a content person and being completely biased, like my take is always like, you know, those companies and brands who scale back their content production, they're just going to be lost in the mix and be further become commodities in an over commoditized SaaS uh, economy that we all operate in. But like, what, what's your take on that? Are you seeing similar things? Like, what would your response be to just marketer, content marketers specifically who might be going through that right now? I think there are some content marketers out there who are very good at, or at least very discipline and um, maybe aggressive in trying to measure the impact of their content and some, some doing a good job as well. I think there's also some that it's truly been a traditional brand play in the past. They haven't been measuring at all. I, I You mentioned my backgrounds in data. I And maybe this is why I'm in the role I am now because I grew frustrated with everything not being tied to revenue, but uh, I'm a big believer in like, you know, I think there should be an ROI or at least uh, you've heard me ask the team, I think on almost every project, like what does success look like and whether or not it's a dollar amount, like I think measuring the return versus what success looks like of any project should be the goal. So, you know, I I think it's um, for the marketers out there that haven't done it, it it is possible. It it is really difficult. And I think um, there are tools out there. There are experts out there uh, that can help you do that, but it's not easy, I would say. Uh, And even with those tools, with all the Salesforce pieces in play, uh, it's still, you know, there's going to be some amount of mystery to it. You hear people talking about dark social or the dark funnel now. And so I think it's about for the people you're reporting to about finding the right balance with your leadership and saying, you know, we're going to measure ROI, but content is about much more than ROI. And I think the ROI you do receive from it should be celebrated, but there should also be an inherent trust that it's it's contributing in ways that just simply are never going to be captured. I'm going to rewind the tape a little bit. And I'm, I don't know if you can relate with this at all, but I certainly can. And I think about exact target days and I think about like uh, campaigns and content and just like being a, 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 someone who is in a functional role, who's constantly, you know, trying to do my role, build pipeline, you know, generate leads. And I didn't have the time to think about like what was happening on the back end, nor did I have the skill set to be able to figure out like the reporting, like how much did my work impact 
our sales pipeline? Like what was the attribution look like? What was the model? Like all that stuff. But what I did know is that when we got our team together before like our, our quarterly reviews or before the broader marketing team got together, like my boss's boss would always create these slides and I would see my name and the tied to the revenue for the quarter. And I'd just be like, holy shit. Like I really did that. Like I did that. So I had no, I was just doing stuff. I had no idea like the, uh, the revenue outcome from the things that are doing and I'm doing. And I know that marketers, and I certainly feel this today, and I'm sure several other marketers feel this is like, like if we're constantly producing and constantly shipping and we're not taking the time to like report and get, have a sophistication, sophistication around like a attribution tracking and a model, like there's like likely the work that we're doing is impacting the sales pipeline in a bigger way than ever before. And that seems to be like, there's a problem there because that gets, comes down to communication. It's like, we're doing all this shit, but we're not getting any credit for it. But no one really knows that this is tying back to the deals that just got closed. So like, how big of a problem is this like scenario in in your eyes? You'll notice neither of us have talked about uh, in this conversation, like you should go change everything you're doing because you should start doing new things or different things. It's literally just about measuring what you're already doing. And there's probably some amount of gut checking with either your sales team or your leadership team with making sure what you're doing is hitting the mark. But it's really just about proving the value of it and not so much um, doing something new or something different than what you've done in the past. Yeah, I like that. And maybe we kind of closed it out with this is just this, the, the ROI conversation is not going to go away. Um, it's only going to heat up. It's only going to continue. And I feel like we're having a lot of conversations internally about this. And like what I'm trying to do with content, whether it's this show newsletter is try to like be a sounding board and and let people know, like, you're not alone. Like there are a lot of other marketers out there doing uh, that are struggling with this. And um, as a matter of fact, as a business at the juice, like we're thinking about this a lot and trying to figure out how we can better streamline outputs to work and especially specifically around content. But I guess like what's your feedback on maybe like what anyone listening can do to in the immediate change kind of their stakeholder perception on the ROI of their work? Yeah, I, I'm going to steal from one of our customers here briefly. Uh, and by steal, I mean, I'm just going to give them credit. Uh, Breadcrumbs, uh, who is one of our customers, they produce a lot of really great content. Uh, they published a video today and it's actually on our platform. You can go find it if you want, but it's called uh, Forget Your Buyer Personas, You Now Serve the CFO. And I just think that's so critical for everybody to understand right now, no matter if you're selling MarTech, sales tech, any type of tech into a business, like whoever you're selling, whatever persona you're selling to, they're having to take that contract to their CFO directly and prove the ROI case. We're This is playing out in reality with one of our prospects who's about to become a customer right now. She's a marketing leader. She is not the marketing leader of a team. She's a marketing leader. She's been fantastic. Just a great champion of ours. Loves it. Loves the business case. Loves the use case. We've had to uh, share some of our ROI numbers. And we've seen our customers on average have 330% ROI. And we've shared that with her. So she's built the business case internally. She's on board, uh, but she's not actually going to her manager or her manager's manager. She's not going to somebody else higher in marketing. She's built the business case. And now she's going over to the CFO and presenting it to the CFO. And he's who's signing on the contract, which isn't totally rare for the CFO to be the signer, but like 
he's the ultimate kind of judge and jury when it comes to their budget right now. And that's happening everywhere. So I think like, you know, you, whether or not uh, the CFO is the decision maker, you need to be arming your champion, your buyer with that business case where they can go to the CFO right now. And I'm excited for us uh, personally as a business, personally isn't the right word, but selfishly uh, for us at the juice, we've got a strong business case. And so we're just trying to get that in as many people's hands as possible. And uh, it's fun. I, I think ultimately that's our goal is to help our customers grow their businesses and we've set them up for success on on how to do that. And I, I don't want this to become full on sales pitch, but we've learned a lot over the last quarter. And I think selling into the CFO is not going to change anytime soon. So uh, it's certainly top of mind as we head into the new year. Internal marketing is very, very important. Instead of your sales leader or your CMO, if you're a marketer out there, start taking your CFO out to lunch. Start start understanding and learning about what they like because if you start warming them up now when that solution comes through, that is going to help level up your marketing. Build that little bridge and you'll have an easier conversation, especially if you're able to tie revenue outcomes to it. Jonathan, I think we're going to be talking about this topic uh, a lot in the near future. Glad we can uh, get the conversation started now. Thanks, Brett. And as I always said to my uh, CFO at Springbuck, make sure uh, that they're not your CF no. He loved that joke. So I'll leave you with that one. The ability to justify the investment in content marketing is more important now than ever before. We're thinking a lot about it and want to make it easier on the marketer to show results. Excited about what we're working on and things we're doing. Hopefully you enjoyed this conversation and you have a really good week and make sure you stop back by on Friday with another conversation. We're talking to Margarita, who's on the content team at SEM Rush about integration of content in campaigns and how that looks. You take care.